Welcome in to a special bonus edition of the Fun Astrology Podcast. We're going to stretch the rope here a little bit. We're going to go not looking and parsing astrological placements and cookbook alignments and things like that. We're going to talk over the hill of what might be ahead of us energetically, cultural shifts, and things that have been visible in the chart for quite a while but are starting to come to fruition. I've got Stephanie here with me to help me with this. Stephanie, welcome back, as always. Hi, Thomas. Thank you for having me, and and I'm so excited to be a part of this conversation. I think it's very important for where we're at and where things are heading. Because we're talking about a shift between masculine domination and, and more feminine balance and the rise of this feminine shift that's been taking place that is going on. We're going to kind of focus on that for the next few minutes. Yes, that's right. And we get to hear from an amazing listener who we've developed a great relationship with, and she represents the younger generations. And we can hear her perspective on where she feels it's going to be going for her generation and then those after her. So this is just one of you who sent an email to me with some thoughts, and they really jumped off the page. Stephanie and I discussed them, and then we just decided to bring her in. So let's meet now. This is Lizzie Grace Christie. Lizzie, welcome to the podcast. Hi. So what has your interest been in astrology? I'm just curious, like, what kind of background and what got you interested in it? I found astrology in a, basically in a dark time in my life. And I found a lot of solace and a lot of fun in reading about astrology. After that, I went to an astrology conference in Chicago and heard all these, like, professional astrologers speaking and using the jargon and it really encouraged me to want to keep studying it independently. I have a lot of like background just through watching YouTube videos and reading. And I'm still devouring all the information. And it's turned into this research into mythology because mythology and astrology are actually very linked together. And I'm just, that's my background. They are totally linked together. And you have a... Uh, command of it that I don't have. I've stayed with just looking at the planets, and you've brought a real interesting perspective and depth of the persona through the mythology um, to the table. And I think that's what led you to your perspective on this new constellation that we're going to talk about here in a second and why it might have a rightful place in astrology's future. Yeah, it certainly has a place in the future. So in blending that mythology with the with the stars and the alignment and everything, what are you perceiving about why Ophiuchus would have a place at the table going forward? What shift are you sensing? I'm sensing a shift of our world becoming more feminine. And I feel this because when we look at antiquity, there was a lot of wars and battles and bloodshed. And there are still wars now, but they're not in our backyard, luckily for us in America. But they're also just not as much as our culture. Like we can wake up every day, go to work, focus on our lives. And I feel like we're moving towards a more softer pull into the future, which is essentially feminine. And so with that being said, I feel like Ophiuchus is revealing itself to us. whereas. In antiquity, it was hiding. 
there was so much bloodshed. We weren't ready to accept the feminine. And as we become more and more female, there's a balance and Ophiuchus is ready to reveal itself. Lizzie, thank you so much for your perspective on this. And I'm just curious as well. Do you see going forward with the future of astrology and the next generations after ours? Uh, do you feel that Ophiuchus is something that will be incorporated in modern astrology and that maybe courses at, like, say, a junior college or a state school will be offered on astrology instead of just maybe having to go to a specialized uh, school to learn more about it? Do you think it's something that's going to become more mainstream? I think astrology as a whole is already becoming more mainstream. And I feel like Ophiuchus is going to be introduced in a way kind of how um, we have Jodish and tropical and they don't really step on each other's toes. They seem to complement each other in their own right. And so I feel like with the easement of Ophiuchus into our consciousness, it's going to be its own study of astrology for a while. And perhaps as people become more comfortable with that, they can see the parallels in it. I don't think any of the systems in astrology are meant to overshadow the other I think they all speak to people individually and that's the powerful thing with astrology is it's enables us to communicate in different matrices but they all exist within a similar plane and so I feel like Ophiuchus and the 13th zodiac wheel is going to operate in a similar way to the ones we have today it's just going to be like a compliment mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I could absolutely see that happening. And I would also like to know your perspective on if you feel that incorporating this 13th sign will help us move more towards embracing more of the feminine in our culture. I think it will. And you see that in the mythology, considering like Asclepius wouldn't be able to bring people back from the dead without Medusa's blood, which is a female. So it really is that balance, and that's what Ophiuchus really reflects. So from a technical standpoint, if we – and Lizzie, this was great. Lizzie sent her own natal chart with Ophiuchus integrated, and what happens is I think Libra gets a little bit cut back from 30 degrees. Scorpio gets way cut back, like it's only about – seven or eight degrees, then you have Ophiuchus for about 20 degrees, and then Sagittarius. So this is interesting that she's talking about Mars and that Martian dominant warrior energy being pulled back. Well, what's the ancient ruler of Scorpio? Mars. Mars, Mars exactly. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. So it is kind of interesting, and I could see, <laughs> could you not see a battle in astrological communities of old school versus new? Mm-hmm. Could you not see the same war being waged even amongst astrologers mm. to work this out? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Possibly from a psychological perspective as well, if we're going more Scorpio. I mean, that's that's as institutionally gripped as anything else that I think could be challenged. See, this is why I wanted to open this up and to Lizzie for you to comment on this, because this is exactly the energy that's going on right now. And here it is. Yeah. You brought it right under our own roof. 
Yes, and a voice a voice for you know the generations that going forward like how are how is Gen Z going to embrace astrology and how are they moving more towards equality of the genders and the non-gender you know the non-binary we want to be all inclusive and have it all complement it's fascinating to me that it it messes with the 30 degree thing you know, for each sign, if you put an Ophiuchus, I, I don't know exactly, they would have to, I guess, completely engineer the degrees again on the wheel to include it. Yeah, I've, that aspect of the whole thing kind of hurts my brain. And I've just taken the camp of, I don't understand it right now, but I will, I'm sure if enough time passes, and I just kind of let it sit there subconsciously. And I feel like I've I've learned a lot in the last couple of days and considering the whole concept of uh, the rebirth and, with Pegasus and uh, like Scorpio, the final end of it is an eagle and Ophiuchus in a way represents Pegasus. So I almost feel like Scorpio, Ophiuchus is that like final form of it. And with that consideration of like Scorpio merging into Ophiuchus, that helped me understand more of the complement of Ophiuchus, considering like, you know, Scorpio and Taurus are opposing one another. Ophiuchus seems to have nothing that's like genuinely opposing it. But considering it, Scorpius like turning into the Pegasus, into its final form, then I can see how Taurus would be its complement. And I didn't, I wouldn't have been able to understand that like a couple of weeks ago, but just from letting time pass and like thinking about it, like, things are starting to kind of make sense. And so I don't have a 100% answer on how we're going to figure out the numbers behind it, but I feel like in time things will make more sense. (laughs) Yeah, and if you do look at it, how it's placed in the chart, not many software programs can insert it, by the way. Lizzie happens to have one. It's the Astro app, which is a browser-based program. I actually paid someone to do that. You did? Ah, okay. Yeah, and I asked them for their secrets, and they did not respond. (laughs) So in the corner of the the image there, it said Astro App, which is a browser-based, and it's one that you subscribe to at various levels, but it's on your browser. So it's like anybody could plunk down a month's worth of subscription to get whatever level it is that does that, and they could generate it. But I have not actually looked at whether Solar Fire or Janus, or um, I do know that my Astro Gold, which I use on my Mac all the time, does not do it. And I haven't looked at at um, Astro.com and AstroSeek.com to see if they do it. But interesting how Taurus does sit on the other side of it. And Taurus is a feminine sign. Yeah. Venus. Venus. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, very feminine. <laughs> the the classic, like, divine feminine. I like all the points that you're bringing up, though, that we are awakening, I guess, if you, if you want to use that word, or becoming more aware of all of the different facets of the asteroids um, and the mythology and how they do play a really important role in astrology as a whole. And I think we are looking to different parts of it instead of just focusing on, you know, say, just the planet. So we're looking at so many more different components to it, and it, it opens up different ways of looking at it. Yeah, I love astrology for, like, just loving up these small rocks in the sky. 
there's so much more up there than the big, like, male planets. They're all symbolized mainly with masculine characters, which is interesting. So it's almost like we've explored the facets of, like, the divine male. Now it's time to, like, explore the facets of the divine female through all these asteroids that are becoming to our awareness. Isn't that the truth? And, you know, if you read astrology objectively, you would have seen this shift built into all of the aspects of where everything is now. So it's like if you're just looking at it purely objectively, especially Mm -hmm. if you're a guy (laughs) and you're looking at it, you go, wait a minute, this is going to shift. These old structures are coming down. Then Saturn and Pluto hits last year, and it's almost like, okay, the, that was the domino trip. Boom, 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 boom. How long is that line of dominoes? Well, it's, I think it's as long as there is resistance to it because that resistance yeah. will be torn down. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so the wisdom, especially I'm talking to the guys out there and the husbands, <laughs> is you would be wise to realize what is taking place right under our nose right now is there is this shift to the feminine and we need to embrace it. We need to facilitate it. And like you said, quit fighting, <laughs> quit the war. Yeah, That era is, is ending. So it is now time to embrace this different total presence that I think Lizzie, that you are really, I think it seems like to me, tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you are really spiritually, psychically, tuned into this as well as physically i must be (laughs) i feel like i'm just living and very curious and this is where my heart's at so (laughs) and i think a lot of women have felt it for years i mean for a lot of my life i mean we've seen you know kind of grew up with the revolution but now it's entering into the consciousness yes yeah i my mom grew up in the 70s as a teenager, and so my father was, like, in his early adulthood in the 70s, so I feel like they kind of whispered some things into my brain that kind of have made me who I am right now with the certain motives I have and feelings, and yeah, it's interesting. There's definitely, like, a revolution to this moment right now that is very akin to what we had in, like, the late 60s, early 70s. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it does take a couple of generations to play it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, listen, thank you so much. Really appreciate you being with us. Thank yeah, you, this was fun. So glad to have this conversation with you and would love to, in the future, probably get more perspective from you on where you feel things are heading and how we can embrace more of these different perspectives, especially the feminine part. Because I, I think that for so long, we've been so programmed to, you know, even as women for myself, push and push with the masculine, and it's just not really working. And I think a lot of us are finally starting to realize this. And we want to embrace, you know, that that age of Aquarius, the gender equality, it, both are important. And non-binary is important. And how can we embrace all of these facets into who we are? Yeah. And I, I really feel like things are neutralizing. I don't, want this to turn into this like polarizing thing of like men this way women this way I really think what if you could Ophiuchus is trying to teach us is there's a balance (laughs) yes yes I love that love that it's so important thank Mm -hmm. you Lizzie thank you so much really appreciate it well thank you both I'm like beyond (laughs) the moon and back that I got to be on this podcast 
um, I'm really grateful. So, Stephanie, I'm just curious in wrapping this up. As a woman, career woman, astrologer, how do you perceive what we've been talking about? Yes, thank you. Thank you. So, for me, I am a little bit older than Lizzie. I'm kind of at the start of the millennial generation, although I definitely uh, feel like Gen Y lines up a lot with my values. And I've absolutely seen this shift happening uh, since I was in school, dating myself here in high school in the er very early knots or the 2000s, and where it's at now. And I absolutely see more and more people not even those that study astrology like us or that are aware of astrology, but more and more people every day that are opening up and becoming more conscious of needing that balance between the masculine and the feminine. And we need that blend of that energy, that equality. And I think it speaks very true for, you know, going into the Aquarian age where each person is important regardless of their gender, regardless of, you know, their orientation and any of that. And embracing both parts of the energies of masculine and feminine, because we all have them, is what's really going to let us be the best that we can be and that that blend to let us live more optimally and more spiritually aware and, and evolving. I think our evolution is heading to that place where we're all important, regardless of whether we are a male gender or not. So I'm grateful that this conversation is opening up that platform more and, and people can continue to just talk about this in the mainstream every day. You are a trauma and surgical nurse opera in the OR by training. Yes. And I would imagine that that's quite an interesting perspective to parse this through. Quite a lens to see because the nursing profession has traditionally been more female dominated. The medical doctor surgeon profession has definitely been almost the other direction, male dominated. Do you see those coming together in some kind of a clash or battle? Do you see the turf wars kind of playing out there in that structure? Yes, yes. Actually, I, I witnessed quite a little bit of it when I was in the operating room because you are correct. The majority of nurses are women and the majority of surgeons are men. But I saw that shifting uh, in, in the middle of the, you know, the teens that we went through that decade. There was quite a few uh, female surgeons that I worked with and then quite a few f uh, male nurses that we had a, a good blend going on in Every meeting we'd have, we'd make sure we had one female surgeon and one male surgeon so we could get both perspectives. And I think that that's a trend that I see continuing to move forward. Uh, there are definitely no gender importances when it comes to nursing or being a surgeon. You can do the job if you have the skills, no matter what gender orientation you are. So I'm glad to see that that's being embraced. And Actually, ironically, being in the trauma and, and surgical field in the operating room, I had to have a lot of masculine tendencies to keep me going. It wasn't really the soft, feminine, receptive bedside caretaking that I think a lot of people associate nurses with. So I, I had to wear more of the masculine hat, and I'm now learning how I needed to incorporate a bit more of the feminine with that masculine energy to bring a better blend. And my patients responded better when I did that unconsciously. Uh, so that's something going forward that I think a lot of practitioners are realizing this blend of energy is really important. And it's not 
about treating the person based on the gender per se. It's more about treating the, the person as a whole. So I, I absolutely see that going forward as something that we're going to continue to embrace. But I don't see it as being something that's going to be like fighting tooth or nail. I, I absolutely think more equality is happening across the board in medicine and, and in teaching as well, because that's always been, I think, more of a female-dominated field. And I think a lot more male teachers are being more vocal now and being celebrated in that profession. How do you think, and this is such a broad question, but just from your perspective, how do you think women are doing broadly stepping into this role? Mm, ooh, could go on about this for a while, so I'm going to try to give a condensed answer. Such a great question. I do think it's a bit individual. I think for someone like myself, uh, it's a breath of fresh air to embrace this feminine energy and to take a step back and realize I don't have to always be in the masculine to get things done or to have a good life so to speak. And I think for others, maybe it is a little bit more challenging. Maybe they feel that they're having to be something a little bit like what they're not. And and I think it's it's definitely a transition. I don't think it's going to be an overnight thing. I think it's going to be something that plays out for each person individually over some time. Uh, and I, I think even for men too, I mean, I'd like, love to hear you speak on this in your perspective. It's something that for so long we haven't been aware of and we haven't embraced that it is going to take a little bit of a transition. And then I think at some point, hopefully sooner than later, we're just going to get to that that space where we have embraced both parts of it and they can both thrive. Well, like I said, I've been seeing it coming for quite a while just by looking at the chart and then perceiving where we are culturally and socially. And I think it's a wonderful thing. I love the balance. Thank you yes. so much. I appreciate you helping me parse this. And let's definitely keep this conversation going. Thank you, Thomas. I would love to keep this conversation going. I think it's vitally important and that we just all stay very aware and conscious and, and keep evolving. So thank you for giving us a platform to do that. Absolutely. That's the whole idea. All right. We'll be back with more bonuses on this. Not the last time you'll hear from us. <laughs> Stephanie, you have a good week. Thank you, Thomas. You have a great one as well. And uh, I hope you still have some birthday cake or something left to treat yourself with and keep enjoying your birthday time. I'm going to go on a hike. All right. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect.